I V M. Hi, I'm Utsav, a behavior researcher by training and a slow traveler by passion. Postcards from Nowhere is a travel podcast where I condense a decade of travel experiences and explore not just the where but also the why and how to travel. My stories emerge from slow traveling the less explored parts of the world: Bosnia and Herzegovina, Armenia, Uzbekistan, and even China. At the end of each story, I give practical tips and new ideas about how to travel better. This week, we travel to Vyanard in Kerala and discover the connections between malaria, blood-sucking leeches, and the lessons for us in the Vyanard Ramayanas. The Vyanard district of Kerala, home to the Western Ghats, houses Banasura Hill. It's one of the tallest mountains and is named after Banasura, the legendary king with a thousand arms. He was the son of the great demon king Mahabali. Banasura is believed to be the king of the aboriginal communities who ruled Vyanad in ancient times. Owing to the extraordinary powers granted to him for his penances, he got Shiva to guard his fortress on Banasura Hill. One day, Anirudh, the grandson of Krishna, chanced to pass that way and saw the beautiful daughter of Banasura. They fell in love. However, Banasura was not pleased. and ordered anirudh to be caught and thrown into prison when shri krishna heard of this he reached the place along with his forces resolving to defeat banasura in battle but this presented a problem based on the agreement between banasura and shiva the latter could not refuse to wage a war against shri krishna and so began the battle between two parties of equal strength it continued for days finally Shiva used his weapon known as the Ushnajwaram or hot fever to stop Shiva's weapon in its tracks and wipe out Banasura's army Krishna used his weapon known as Shitajwaram or cold fever Banasura had to either surrender to Krishna or be prepared to perish Banasura agreed to release Anirudh and give him his daughter's hand in marriage However as a result of the cold fever arrow by Krishna Vyanad was caught in the grip of malaria for centuries a folk tale which explains the prevalence of malaria in vyanad is there any credence to it a report on the administration of the madras presidency reveals that between 1867 and 1877 the number of deaths owing to malaria went up from 110000 to 230000 malaria was endemic in vyanad with spleen rates in the region of 25 to 30% But how did malaria become endemic in Vyanad? Is there truth in the story of Banasura and Krishna? Till the 1820s, Vyanad was a practically unknown territory covered with heavy forests. The British colonialists saw the opportunity in plantation agriculture. The hilly terrain and good rainfall made it ideal for coffee plantations. The first coffee plantation was done in 1820 at Manathawadi by Messrs Parry and Company. But it failed. Mr Puck from Ceylon or former Sri Lanka subsequently started the Pew estate which became the first successful coffee plantation over the next 50 years there was a rapid rise in the plantations of tea and coffee but these plantations needed labor and thus began a wave of migration from neighboring Mysore the growth however came at an expense forests last tracts of the forest had to be cleared Calcutta is the administrative capital of the Vyanad district. 
which serves as a tourist hub as well as center for trade. In 1940s though, it would have been a very different situation. The roads and bylanes were littered with corpses of people who had been waylaid by malaria. The majority of these corpses were plantation workers. But the mosquitoes were not the only scrouge that afflicted Wynard. There was another which affected plantation workers and owners alike. In the book, A Planting Century, the first hundred years of the United Planters Association of Southern India, one can find how the plantation owners viewed themselves. Several hardy Englishmen, wild Irishmen and Dow Scots thought that there was both adventure and money. These pioneering individuals trekked miles every day, hacked their way through jungles, followed the elephant trails, dared tigers, leopards and snakes, suffered the plague of leeches, shivered in the almost year-round damp and cold, shook with perennial malaria, went down with numerous other fevers. The plague of leeches. Wynard enjoys a good amount of rainfall, which is peak leech breeding season. Almost every travel account of Wynard has a mention of travelers being attacked by leeches. However, there is one town in Wynard which is free from leeches. The town of Pulpalli, known otherwise for the high quality wild honey, has a legend to its name. Pulpalli is situated in the northeast part of Wynard adjoining Karnataka. It houses the only Sita Devi and Love Kush temple in Kerala the only temple which has deities of love and Kush installed. It is believed that when Sita was abandoned by Ram, she reached Pulpalli and was given shelter by the great sage Valmiki. The place in Pulpalli where Sita gave birth to love and Kush is called Valmiki Ashram. But wait, why is the Ramayana happening in Vayanad? Wasn't all the action happening up north near Ayutthaya? That's so because this story belongs to the old tribal Ramayana tradition in Vayanad. In episode 109, Reclaiming India's Linguistic Heritage, 300 Ramayanas, we discussed at length what Tulsi Das, the author of Ram Charitmanas, said succinctly. Rama is born in countless ways, and there are tens of millions of Ramayans. The Sita Devi temple is a great example of the plurality of Ramayana. The temple pond is one of the largest in Vayanad. The etymological meaning of Sita denotes soil or earth, According to the legend, Love and Kush stopped and caught the horse sent by Ram as part of Ashwamedh. When Ram came to free the horse, he saw Sita and immediately she disappeared into her mother, the earth. While going down, her hair was caught by Ram and thus the name Charitin Kavu to the spot. Charitil Amma or Sita Devi is the presiding deity of this temple. This temple is only one kilometer away from the present Sita Devi temple. But what about the leeches? Once, Sita noted that leeches had bitten Love and Kush. She was so angry at the leeches that she banished them from the region. And even today, the area of Pulpalli is free from leeches. Another significant thing about this place is that a large number of termite pounds or Valmika can be seen at different spots. This is associated with sage Valmiki, who authored the Ramayan and is known as the son of the termite mount. The folktale of the curse of malaria does not seem to hold ground, for the endemic nature of malaria and Wayanad can be traced to the arrival of coffee and tea plantations. However, the folk tales from Wayanad Ramayanas and the absence of leeches from Pulpalli do seem to hold ground even today. So how much weight should we give to folk tales and myths, especially given that how much of religion and identity often relies on these myths? We must remember 
that folk tales are mostly oral traditions which have been passed down across generations but are often modified to suit the moral and social codes of the time their ever changing nature and their divergences are proof that just like the ramayana there are no absolute truths our world inherently is a life polyphonic and pluralistic if you like this podcast don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the ivm network you can listen to us on the ivm podcast app or ivmpodcast.com you can also follow us on our social media we are at ivm podcasts on twitter and instagram if you want to reach out to me i am putsav memory on twitter and yvtravel42 on instagram 